You're listening to Human Rights Talks, organized by the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Human Rights Studies. Hello, I'm Lauren, and this episode is part of the Canadian Coalition to Counter COVID Digital Disinformation series. Today, we're going to be discussing the role algorithms and memes play in our online life, and how one group is studying their relationship to political culture. I'm joined by Fenwick McKelvey, Elsa Donovan, Saskia Kowalczuk, and Scott Dion of the Algorithmic Media Observatory. The observatory studies the patterns and habits of algorithmic media to detect their influence on political affairs and cultural life from a Canadian perspective. My first question goes to Fenwick. Could you tell me about the observatory and what drives the team to study algorithms? Yeah, certainly. The Algorithmic Media Observatory was started around 2013 when I joined Concordia University. And it really is a, a, a space located for a variety of different research initiatives that have interest in, in understanding the consequences of algorithms and the digitization of our society. And my own work is interested in policy issues, and so the consequences of algorithms in rating or filtering content on social media, uh, as well as trying to think about how we can apply and use algorithmic methodologies to study new types of online phenomenon. And so it's really that latter part which has been I think central to this meme project is trying to understand how we might be able to look at different ways of analyzing political culture in Canada and what does it mean that this culture is being encoded in image formats. What has the team been working on recently? So the Algorithmic Media Observatory has been looking at a variety of different questions around political communication in Canada for years. And from my own background, I was really interested in social media and its influences in Canadian elections way back in 20. 2006. And a lot of my own research went looking at political infrastructure in the back end. So how campaigns are managing their social media. And in the lead up of the 2019 election, I wanted to think about, well, what are the ways of getting back to the roles of user generated content creators, and thinking about the function of social media and elections again. And I also was trying to you know, push back at some of the narratives that we have around information as though it's this discrete bits of units. And so I was trying to look at how do we find an object or find some sort of project that really draws on the expertise that, you know, students in the communication and culture, uh, students in cultural studies, students in communication studies at Concordia University had. And and to me, this became the interest in memes because memes, I think, are a deeply difficult subject to address because they require context. They're very nuanced. They have a lot of significance. And I think they're also understudied even though they're quite significant and central to popular communication in Canada. People use memes every day, and people are using memes to express and discuss politics, and yet outside of a few researchers, there's not a lot of work being done on it. So the idea was, can we take the expertise in looking at, say, culture and looking at how do we understand people making meaning and sense-making through memes and apply that to the study of political activity and, and particularly the 2019 election. So that was the genesis. And the project then basically had three parts. So we were looking at the election. And then after that, as we were trying to write up the results, the pandemic happened. And so we quickly pivoted. And, and as Scott will discuss, we started to think about how can we understand these partisan communities and how political culture adapted or reacted to COVID-19. And continuing, we've really been going forward. Uh, particularly on the work of ELSA and trying to actually develop and take our methods and actually operationalize them. So hopefully down the road, other people will be able to use them as well. 
I'm going to turn to Saskia. In the team's projects on the 2019 election and COVID-19, why study memes? What can they tell us about society? In the last decade, memes have become like an undeniable part of uh, contemporary communication online. And they're really, really useful for elucidating communities. So in-group, out-group, um, in-groups in and out-groups online. Um, so coming into that 2019 election, we had in mind that the influence of memes like on American politics, which is relatively, you know, well known and, and has been studied. Uh, but in the Canadian context, this was sort of lacking. So by identifying a, uh, a group of of pages and groups on Facebook initially, and then we expanded to Instagram um, during our COVID memes study. We sort of had an idea of where these sites were uh, in a Canadian context and what sort of you know partisan positions were being communicated online. And I think one of like the biggest uh, I guess challenges about studying memes was agreeing like what is a meme and uh, this is something that I mean if you look at uh, the prevailing sort of theories and meme studies um, there are a lot of different I mean there's there's a consensus but there's there are differing opinions on what what constitutes a meme so for us that was that was something that we needed to sort of set up a system to agree on what what should be recorded and what could be considered a meme. And I think one of our really uh, successful sort of case studies that we uh, turned into that Scott wrote up as a blog post on our on our on the AMO site um, is about this meme that started out as a political cartoon. And it's this idea of a, a tidal wave. And it, it was speaking to like the initial sort of uh, difficulties of COVID were going to be eventually eclipsed by economic uh, consequences from the pandemic. And initially that's produced as like a political cartoon. And we've actually spoken and I think other researchers have identified the similarity between political cartoons and memes, but um, how as the pandemic progressed, political cartoon was used and turned into a meme by adding waves, by um, by modifying it and by uh, sharing it repeatedly, which then turned this, this uh, visual that was not initially a meme into a meme. Turning to Elsa, could you tell me about your work on the 2019 Canadian Elections Project? So my role was a technical role primarily in the art project concerning the 2019 Canadian elections. So I was working on essentially the data collection of all images and scraping different platforms. And then another aspect that I think we haven't touched upon yet is that we're really interested in seeing how memes flow from uh, platform to platform and from groups within platforms. Uh, so I was in charge of basically generating these types of meme maps, which would give researchers essentially the tool to see um, how memes are generated, where they start from, uh, how they travel, and how they evolve essentially over time. So I've been kind of doing the back end on that that kind of uh, that type of project. That's super interesting. Are there any kind of key themes you saw with the ways that they evolved over time? Yeah, so it was pretty interesting because we didn't put any sort of, we tried not to put any sort of bias into our mapping. And what we saw is uh, without uh, putting in our own idea of what politics are, we saw that there were three clusters that were generated. Uh, clusters, I mean, which nodes, which groups interact uh, the most often with each other. And so we were able to see that these actually create uh, political social media bubbles. And so the map that we created had both a left-leaning cluster, a right-leaning cluster, and one of a more sort of generic centrist cluster. Um, so that was very interesting to see 
More specifically, we, we focused on 4chan, Reddit, Facebook, uh, and Twitter. And we saw that there was a lot of um, alignment between 4chan and a sub Canadian subreddit called Meta Canada. And that was kind of the predominant forces within the right-leaning cluster. Um, and then correspondingly in the left-leaning cluster, there was uh, Canada Left, which is a subreddit. And that talked a lot to this Facebook group uh, called Leftist Memes for New Democratic Teens. So it was very interesting to see that the algorithm kind of came up with these uh, very individual social media bubbles that we often talk about, but we haven't necessarily proved existed. Switching gears to the COVID-19 project, Fenwick, what was the focus of that one? One of the motivations for this project was to think about new methods. And studying memes is difficult and really hard. And actually studying images at scale is super complicated. And we've done a lot of learning at trying to figure out how do you actually collect thousands of images and interpret them in a meaningful way. And this project is part of the Canadian Disinformation Network. So we've got collaborators at Ryerson and Simon Fraser University, and we're all working together on how to pilot different methods to understand and tackle these questions associated with disinformation in Canada. Saskia and Scott worked on this project, developing the methodology and conducting research on social media. What were you looking for and how did you go about that research? You know, I really uh, took on sort of uh, creating a new uh, ish methodology, a new methodology for for dealing with these groups and and wanting to view them like over time as opposed to simply going in and um, you know taking a couple examples of memes that were being shared and trying to you know extrapolate outwards about what the sort of um, point of view of the pandemic from these from these pages were. So from a qualitative perspective, what we did in the summer uh, was we wanted to kind of do a deep analysis of specific pages. And so Saskia and I each took a subset of pages. Uh, Saskia took some on Instagram, I took some on Facebook, and we spent time each week going through those pages, scrolling through the content that had been posted since the last time we were on those pages, and marking down the different themes that were being discussed by memes on the page. And what this allowed us to do was to look at both the general posts by either the page owners or the contributors, but also the posts in the comments, because sometimes people will respond to a meme with a meme of their own in the comment section. And by scrolling through it, we were able to gather kind of these more hidden or obscured memes. Um, while we were scrolling, Saskia and I also spent time after each uh, page visit to write like a reflective uh, journal entry, where we would sit down and kind of reflect on what we just saw on the page, uh, both good or bad or challenging or non-challenging, and kind of just type out what was going on in that page and the last time we saw it. And so what that allowed us to do is from about April until August, uh, this past 2020, we were able to kind of get a snapshot of what was going on on each of these pages and kind of trace how memes were being used during the summer, the first summer of COVID. Um, and so that allowed us to kind of see memes kind of at the start of the pandemic, memes during Black Lives Matter, uh, and kind of memes as we move towards the school year starting up again. And we were able to kind of trace that trajectory, but also engage with how commenters are engaging with memes. So for example, sometimes a page would post a meme and the audience of that page would disagree with what the meme was saying or fight the page owner about what was being said. And so these are pieces that the quantitative side of data, data gathering struggles to obtain, uh, but this qualitative perspective was able to kind of grasp. 
Um, and so when we combine this with the work that Elsa was able to do for the project, we were able to get a very nice kind of perspective of this Canadian meme sphere. And from there, we kind of produced a series of findings, some of which are still being written up right now and others are in the process of being uh, published. Um, some of those findings included just the challenges of doing qualitative methodology around meme collection, where uh, sometimes Facebook is reporting uh, misinformation content that comes up uh, as you're gathering it. And sometimes Sometimes misinformation or memes are posted in the comment section. So how do we record kind of those pieces as they come up? Um, at the same time, we also had some uh, findings around uh, politicizing uh, the pandemic, as we we phrased it. So that would mean that we looked at specific partisan groups from both the left and the right and the center of the Canadian uh, political sphere. And we noticed that at the start of the pandemic, uh, memes were relatively general. However, over time, these different partisan groups started placing their political ideologies into the memes they were doing, but still incorporating the pandemic around it. Um, so for example, a page that was critical of Trudeau started using uh, images of Trudeau in different outfits to make a critique um, around uh, the running out of toilet paper or supplies in grocery stores and like would argue that Trudeau was going back and shopping over and over again. So they were making memes uh, that was still pushing their political, you know, attack of Trudeau, um, but contextualizing it within COVID. Um, and then the second finding uh, that I can talk to right now is kind of around uh, disinformation, misinformation and conspiracy theory. And so this is a piece that we're still kind of working through a little bit, but uh, there was kind of a sense that some of the memes, not all of them, were being actualized to spread uh, false news or miscontextualized news on these networks, um, either about the pandemic and its severity or about um, the actions being taken to address the pandemic. And so we were kind of looking at how uh, this was addressed on different sides. And one interesting finding that I could mention right now would be that um, conspiracy theory uh, was dealt with on both sides, but in different ways. So on the far right groups that we looked at, there were just legitimate conspiracy theories being thrown around and like seriously dis debated, discussed and talked about. Whereas on some of our left pages, those same conspiracy theories were coming up, but in a tone that was mocking them. Uh, and so it was interesting because we would find like the same conspiracy theory being discussed on both the left and the right, but from completely opposite perspectives, one of mockery and one of uh, seriousness. That's exciting. It sounds like you guys are doing some really awesome research with a really fantastic team. And I think the output I'm really proud of this project is that we've made a lot of headway in both quantitative and qualitative methods. And being able to analyze the flows of images across platforms is not something I've seen done before in, in Canada. So the fact that we can generate a map and we're only beginning to be able to dig into that, you know, how do we move from this mapping to actually more interpretive work about talking about what is the significance of a meme changing from platform to platform? How do we understand its evolution? And even how do we understand different partisans using similar memes? Uh, you know, is this a butterfly meme or Siskiya can give more examples. How do they get used by different groups? I mean, that's something that we're hoping to be able to do in the future. Simultaneously, we find that because memes require so much interpretation and, and context, we've really found a reason and an importance of the qualitative methods. And so I'm really also proud of the summer project from the COVID-19 because we were able to say, we're gonna look at these small groups and we're gonna be focused and we're gonna understand what is happening here. 
And I think it demonstrates the importance of both qualitative and quantitative methods. And I think particularly the qualitative methods help us really provide a rich story of understanding why do people want this type of content? And what are the reasons that maintain and support the production of me political memes? And those are often coming from communities that have been going on for many elections and are self-sustaining. And I think that's an important part of understanding uh, the wider context of why we have memes in memetic culture in Canada. What would you say to anyone who is interested in learning more about the power of algorithms and memes in our society and in our political sphere online? Well, I mean, I encourage people to check out the Algorithm Media Observatory, where we've actually been publishing a number of different blog posts since and ongoing from the election. Another site, if people are interested in, is at politicalmemes.ca, which was the output of our 2019 election, where we actually do an encyclopedia, the Great Canadian Encyclopedia of Political Memes, which is our collection of different important memes from the election. I think that's really great. And I would encourage people to take a look at it. And there might be another election coming up soon. So consider making a contribution if that, that happens. Um, but those two are basically our website and political memes, I think is a great place to start looking at some of our outputs. And we've been publishing actively and trying to disseminate the results. And the next step to look forward to um, is publications. Hopefully that will be knock on wood coming out in some peer reviewed journals in the future. And we'll be sure to post those in our website when that happens. You know, a lot of, uh, we're, we're coming from the communication studies department at Concordia university. And so we're, we've got a makeup of students at the PhD and the MA level. And I just say, as of my own selfishness, we're always looking for people that want to continue this project. I think it's been really a highlight for me is, is, is being part of such a fantastic team and to be able to learn about memes, which as I become more and more of an old man becomes more difficult. And, um, and this is also supported by uh, the Department of Canadian Heritage. And so we've been really lucky and, and benefited from uh, their their sponsorship and support, and I think really trying to pilot and experiment with uh, better ways of analyzing political memes in Canada, and, and hopefully this is a methodology that will become useful for researchers beyond just us. Many thanks to Fenwick, Elsa, Saskia, and Scott for joining me today. Learn more about the team at the Algorithmic Media Observatory and the fantastic work that they do on their website, amo-oma.ca. <laughs>